one. There's a lot of ups and downs and a ton of learning experiences that uh, you know I'll forever keep with me. You know, I, teammates and friends and, and relationships that I'll have for a lifetime. And you know, just flew in last night from East Lansing, Michigan, for Drew Stanton, who's my mentor. He was a quarterback there in Cleveland when I got drafted. And just relationships like that, you're just so thankful for. So, I mean. The support staff in Cleveland, the people of Cleveland, it's a great sports town. So I'm thankful for it. And it's, there's no resentment towards the city of Cleveland by any means. Can that be true? Well, when they're paying you, how much are they paying him this year? 18.8 yeah, million. million dollars regardless of what happens. Yeah, that can be. The calmness in his voice, you could sense when he's making 18 mil, regardless yeah. of what happens. Maybe he's happy to get out of there. I, I would be at this point, wouldn't you? And yeah. not, not like Seattle is ready to win right now or anything. I, I say that because that's the rumored spot. But at some point, everything that's there, it's see ya. And you know what? Um, as much as Baker is labeled as something that I don't think that he necessarily is, right? I think at this point, you could see that, dude, this could be a blessing in disguise. Because I think there's a real chance here that the Browns, well, I think they already look like the bad guy, but I think at the end of this, they're really going to look like the bad guy, right? Plus kind of the unrealistic expectations that we're going to follow him and the Browns in the season. I think he kind of looks at the entire picture and says, this could actually work out really well for me. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. Um I think the one thing is the Browns roster is loaded with win now talent. And had they just rode with Baker Mayfield, a healthy Baker Mayfield, they would definitely be a playoff team this year. Sure. Definitely. And that's with Baker just having a very average year. Now, it looks like they're probably going to have Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. And I I don't know. There's there's just some some serious dysfunction going on there. And I got to tell you, the the Browns if Deshaun Watson gets a year suspension, which frankly, I would be shocked if he gets anything I think a year is probably what he needs to be hoping for right now. <laughs> um, frankly, I think the guy should be in prison from from the accounts that I've read yeah, 100%, and looked at. Hundred percent. If he gets a year suspension, he should be happy. But you know, that's going to be a year where uh, some of these win now guys take more bumps, more bruises, more mileage. Another year on Miles Garrett. Another year on Chubb. Um, you know, Jadavion Clowney is there right now. Another year on him. He's starting to get up there in age. You know, uh, Amari Cooper starting to get up there in age. Signed a deal. So, they've got all these guys, but they don't have time to be waiting well, around. your window in the NFL to win a lot of times isn't very long. Unless you're the Patriots and you spy on everyone and you deflate footballs and all that, you can right. extend your... It's uh, easier to do that a little bit. than to sign a criminal to a $230 million <laughs> guaranteed <laughs> right. contract. Just deflate the football and put a hidden camera I, You somewhere. know what? That's God. actually a good point is what the Patriots did all those years doesn't seem so bad anymore. Now does it. Right. But yeah, your window... 
you know, looks open this year, but it could look drastically different in a year's time. Drastically yeah, different. Yeah, and uh, I believe this perhaps may be one of the biggest botched scenarios, uh, not just strategically for winning, not just financially for you know guaranteeing a guy $230 million, paying him the first year up front, 45 of his 46, so he could, uh, in case he gets suspended, he still gets all that money. Not even financially, but uh, even, frankly, morally, right? It's one thing to sign a guy uh, whenever there's some circumstances going on. Hey, we're going to sign him to, to a contract. We'll see how this thing plays out. You know, if the reports indicate that, you know, what happened or what they're saying happened, what alleged happened, did, then we'll cut ties. But that's not what you're saying. You're saying you don't care what the investigation uh, comes up with because you've already signed him to a $230 million guaranteed contract. You're bringing him in. Now, I don't know. There's probably some details on that contract as as far as uh, criminally charged, but my goodness, I, I can't think of a worse time and a worse way to prove that you don't care about anything other than winning. And in going about this move, because all you care about is winning, you're probably going to cost yourself a bunch of wins, right? Yeah. So you don't think that this will end up being a happy ending for the Browns? No, it's going to end up with the the GM getting fired and Deshaun Watson getting suspended for at least a year. And as soon as the suspension comes down and more of this stuff starts coming out, finally someone is going to start asking the proper questions and holding the Browns uh, accountable to some certain degree. And they'll just put it all right on the GM and say it was his decision to fire him. Baker, any chance at a reconciliation? Uh, both those clips, courtesy of uh, Soonerscoop.com. There. Nice. But um, there, there is a text that just rolled in and says, who cares what happens to the Browns if Baker's not there? That actually is an interesting question, and one that I was going to pose today is, you know, OU fans have, you know, they, the, the allegiances are pretty spread out. We've talked about this, but when AD really had it going in Minnesota, yeah. there were a lot of Vikings fans around here. There were some restaurants that would show Vikings games and OU fans would pile in there. I think for a short time, OU fans were St. Louis Rams fans. Sure. OU fans, though, were definitely Cleveland Browns fans. That's clearly going to get left in the dust. Does Baker still have the type of following that there will be massive fan support for wherever he ends up next season? Let's say it's, let's say it's Seattle. Um, do OU fans turn into Seattle Seahawks fans next season? Yes, but it's not going to be like the Browns situation. I mean, he's he's just because as time passes, um, you know that that strong tie. It, it didn't matter whenever Baker left OU, wherever he was getting drafted was going to acquire a whole bunch of Sooner fans. But now, as as you move around in your Gosh, going into what his fifth year, just it's that tie isn't quite as strong, but I still think everyone, Sooner fans, will definitely be more interested in 
Seattle games than they've ever been. Yeah. By the way, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Parker. Thank you, Jesse. And thank you, Bob from Cement. Uh, you did get the happy ending joke, even if Teddy didn't. So <laughs> thank you to all those out there that got that one. Nice. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there will be some restaurant out there that starts showing exclusively the Seahawks, but there there will be more attention on that franchise than there's ever been around here. Yeah. And best of luck to him. I still hope he goes to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but if it's the Seahawks, that's fine. The Seahawks just – God, that division's loaded right now, man. Niners got a chance to be pretty good, really good this year, especially if they get good quarterback play. Rams are going to be legit again with Aaron Donald in the middle of that defense. Um the, the Arizona Cardinals will start off 10-2 and two until Cliff Kingsbury makes this team miss the playoffs and gets fired, but it's going to be a tough division if he ends up in Seattle. Yeah, I was just uh, – because I was trying to remember, and I went back to the Browns roster. I had forgotten that Parnell Motley is there, that Isaiah Thomas is there, that Perrion Winfrey is there, that um uh oh gosh the receiver transfer from Arkansas last year Mike Woods Mike Woods is, is there yeah. so we still got a bunch of OU guys up there at uh Cleveland but it's not going to be like it was when Baker went there's no way no 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 chance um I'm a Baker fan regardless of the team he's on that's on the text line Oklahoma City needs to create an NFL team and have Baker Mayfield be the franchise quarterback. Browns are getting canceled if Watson throws a pass. <laughs> Luckily, Seattle and Oklahoma already have a really healthy sports <laughs> no relationship. Doubt. Great point. No doubt. Baker and Tyler Lockett would be a killer combo in Seattle. I think Baker would like uh, – oh, is DK Metcalf still there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, happy ending, nice one, Ernie. Thank you, <laughs> Bob from Cement. I can't read your text like uh, normally. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Why um, would a local restaurant show football games over a backup quarterback? Well, I think the starter. Or the thought is he'd be the starter in Seattle. Was Drew Locke going to be the starter in Seattle next year? Yeah. There. Well, I guess technically he would probably have to win the job, but. Um, my guess is he would go in and win it. And, uh, you know, cause there's talk right now and I don't know if it's, if it's Baker Mayfield's side, you know, lobbying for it, or if it's Seattle, you know, trying to get him to agree to an extension if they trade for him, um, you know, maybe for them, it's a great opportunity to lock him up for, for several years at well below the market value. Um, you know, because if he comes in, plays plays well, leads them to the playoffs, um, plays like we know he's capable of, then they're going to have to sign. They're going to have to break out the checkbook. The going rate for a starting NFL quarterback has gone through the roof. Yeah, good point. Text line: We have to root for Pete Carroll. That's going to be really tough. I I know the Baker love is strong around here, but is it strong enough to root for Pete Carroll next season? It's tough. Uh, Teddy, you're going to have to root for a liberal head coach next year if that happens. Do you – you don't have to root for Pete Carroll, do you? Well, I, I mean, you can't – I mean, by association, you kind of have to root that he has success next year. It's tough, man. Yeah, I guess. I don't uh, – hmm. I kind of feel like 
there's there's some teams where you feel like the coach it has a very heavy influence on the success and failure of that team on a certain year, and there's others that you don't. I don't think Pete Carroll's one of those coaches that I feel like needs to, uh, uh, you know, be carried off the field if they win a Super Bowl or something. Have you ever seen a uh, in-game shot of Pete Carroll not walking up and down the sideline chewing gum? Never. I, I think that that's just what he does well, the entire game. He's either walking or he's got his hands on his knees, bent over, <laughs> uh, just going at that gum like a crackhead. But hey, he—I'll say this: the dude's got a ton of energy, and. He looks young, but that dude's old. He's way older than he I looks. I think he, um, and, and I need to do a side-by-side comparison, but without looking at one, I feel like he looks the exact same now as he did in yeah. uh, 2004 when he was coaching at SC. Totally agree. Uh, he's not as old as I thought, but he's, what, 71? 70. He'll be 71 in September. Wow. Text line, Pete Carroll is actually a really nice and funny guy. Pete's fine as long as he's not coaching against OU. So everyone's already making the making hey, the flip here, making the change. I'm sure he's a Uh-oh. great guy, but that doesn't really I don't I don't need or care to look into it that far. I've got my um I've got my mind made up on him already. I'm not going to meet him at a bar if I do and I'll change my mind. Say, so, you know what? I actually uh, chatted with Pete Carroll once, pretty good guy. Until that happens, I'm going with my uh, wrong impression of exactly. him. Exactly. That's what you should do. Listen, yeah. I can't root for Pete because his aggressive gum chewing irritates me on every level. This one says, what's wrong with a liberal head coach? It's same- I was joking. <laughs> it's the same thing with me and Steph Curry. Totally uh, respect how good he is. Unbelievable. I, I don't I don't know that there's any other player in any other sport ever that has single-handedly changed the way a game is played more than Steph Curry and and basketball. Could be wrong on that, but I can't watch him because of the way he chews his mouthpiece. Yep. Can't do it. Cannot do it. Same thing. Maybe that's why NBA ratings are down because the star <laughs> player, the way that he chews the mouthpiece. I love it. All of the iconic pictures of – Steph Curry with great plays and, um, you know, hoisting trophies and all of that stuff, putting on the championship hat. He's got an, a nasty spit-covered mouthpiece hanging out of his mouth. It's just it's iconic, <laughs> isn't it? I think that's going to be on his, uh, his statue of, of the, you know, when he goes into the Hall of Fame. A mouthpiece coming out of his mouth. It would actually look pretty sweet if he did. Um, yeah, Jordan's got the the tongue out or the shrug, a shack, a break in the backboard, something like that. Yep, Steph Curry's got the mouthpiece out there. Tossing the mouthpiece. It's pretty impressive, though, that he can chew on that thing and still hit threes. Yeah. I, maybe it takes his brain into a different realm. I don't know, but uh, can't stand watching. God, look at us. We're like the sports animal talking NBA right now. Oh, no. It's so brutal. So brutal. Well, we've got plenty of time to get to plenty of other topics. Um, I'm glad that they're hammering you for saying uh, have to watch and root for a liberal head coach. I was kidding. About, I wasn't even saying anything. I was just making a comment about you, yeah, mostly. C- come on, text line. God. 
we had one here at Oklahoma for the last five years, and Tyler loved the guy until Sunday morning after the uh, the Oklahoma State game. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I and I play. It's not even that. I mentioned that, and that's what happens on the text line. I play a clip of Lou Holt saying, I just love President <laughs> Trump. He stands for everything. And then we get killed for that for two hours. <laughs> so, no more political mentions. Not even political talk, political mentions. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. Um, hour number one is underway. Keep hitting us on the Air Cover Solutions text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We are the Homa Sooner fans. No Bob Stoops today. Bob's uh, doing a little family time up in Ohio, so we'll try to catch up with him next week. Going to guess he's probably playing some bocce ball right now. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Going to ask him about his bocce ball game uh, when he gets back next bocce. week. No big deal. I think the whole family goes back to Youngstown for that. It's good. Mark, Mike, everyone. Um, hope Mike has a lot of success out there at Kentucky. What? He's a new backers coach, and UK's got a chance to have a pretty good team next year. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be they, – they've kind of developed into that team that's going to run the ball. They're going to play good, tough, hard-nosed defense. But that Will Levis, that Will Levis there's, there's a lot of people think he can be a first-round quarterback next year. I feel like Kentucky runs a system that is, you know, much more of what Mike Stoops wants to do as a defensive assistant. Think that's right? Think that's fair? Um – yeah, I mean that's that's probably right. I think they they've got some um, they got some good players across the defensive line, or at least have in recent years. Did they graduate that edge guy from last year? Uh, I think they did. Yeah, he was a high pick. Yeah, in the first right. round, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, they've had some good players there, though. As long as they can replenish that, um, going to be pretty good. Let's see, schedule not bad. Not bad. They've got they're at Florida second game, at Ole Miss, at Tennessee, Georgia at home uh, late, but fairly manageable, uh, manageable schedule there for for Kentucky. Hmm. They finished got ten and three. Man, ten yeah, win season. That's right. Good team last year. Second um, in the East. So I, I think that they have a I think they have a pretty good chance to finish second in the SEC East uh, this year and play in a pretty good uh, pretty good bowl game that Georgia game if they can somehow figure out a way to win that one I, I don't think that they're going to make it to Atlanta this year but that would be a massive massive win for the program if they're able to beat the Dogs this year win ten games finish second in the SEC East watch out. Can they beat Tennessee at Tennessee, though? Yeah, absolutely they can beat Tennessee in, in Knoxville. Lost to them last year. They can they can beat Tennessee, yes. They can beat Florida. They can beat I, – I think the expectation should be that they finish second in the SEC East this year. Hmm. You're still going to hate on Tennessee. I'm not hating on Tennessee. I'm just loving on Kentucky. Okay. I mean, they weren't that far off 
uh, a year ago, and Tennessee beat them a year ago. So, um, in Kentucky, come on, Tyler, get on board. So here. you're you know, Tennessee winning the SEC East? Is that what you're telling no, me? No, I think Tennessee Josh is Hyde going to SEC get Coach of the Year second in the SEC East. Okay, I'll go Georgia, Kentucky, Florida. You can go Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, is Bama number one and Ohio State number two in your preseason poll? Oh, I know. I, don't know. I know you're updating it every two weeks, like ESPN is. I think that's probably right. Uh, Ohio State versus Alabama for the national championship game or the field? I don't have to pick a winner and pick those two teams playing in it for the championship. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'll take. You'll you'll take that over the field yeah. over any other national championship combination this year you'll take ohio state alabama over the field oh where i sit right now yeah dang wow those are the two um, they're the two best teams they're favorites they're the two best teams at least i think but taking them over the field you are always a take the field guy this shocks me that you're taking bama in ohio state well paint me a picture of someone else as you look at it today that you feel like can win the national championship over either one of those teams? Um, a team that can run the football really well and Go ahead. at least stop the run, and I think that that could very well be the Georgia Bulldogs this year. I think that there's definitely a situation. I mean, I think it's, Georgia? More, I think it's more than Georgia, but what I'm saying to you is I think that my sneaking suspicions of, I, of, of Ohio State could come true against a team like Georgia because as we've talked about here recently, you can run the ball on Ohio State if you want to, especially with a good running game, and I think they could get exposed in a semifinal game and not play for it all. Well, hang on a second here. Let's just back up for a second. I've got Ohio State and Alabama and over the field. Let's just be honest real quickly of what the field is. The field is Georgia, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Uh, Yeah, I'd probably throw Notre Dame in there too. And Notre Dame. We are not throwing in Texas A&M, though everyone else has them in the top five. So I've got Alabama and Ohio State over the other four It's like teams. a six-game invitational, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, this isn't. The uh, this isn't the NC two A basketball tournament sixty four teams, uh, you know where you can get knocked out by an upset. We're talking about a total field of six teams, and I get the top two. I'll take that. Yeah, I, I, I'll still take the field here. I'll still take the field, <laughs> uh, even with all, okay. all that being said. Okay. Now, I the only reason I take the field is because of Ohio State. I don't take the field because of Alabama. Like, I think Alabama's going to be there. If you say Alabama or the field, I'm going to take Alabama as the national champion this, this year. I just have some real concerns about Ohio State defensively that I think can be uh, an issue again this season. I also all- have... Uh, the Heisman Trophy winner from last year and the Heisman Trophy winner from this coming season. Exactly, yes. <laughs> so I'll take that as well. But um, anything can happen. Injuries. Um, uh, hey, Texas A&M beat Alabama last year. Maybe they'll do it again this year in Tuscaloosa. Who knows what's going to go down. But like as of right now, uh, I don't like doing that. I don't. I don't like taking Alabama and Ohio State over the field, but 
That's fine. Okay, you you clearly think, and I would probably even agree with Two this. Two best quarterbacks. They're, well, they're, I, I think that they stand alone in their own tier uh, going into this year, right? Right. Okay. So the next tier, we'll just throw in Georgia. Let's throw in Clemson. We got to throw in OU. I'll throw in Oregon, <sighs> USC, just for argument's sake, whatever. Well, Notre Dame. I think. I think uh, I think Alabama and Ohio State are in a tier by themselves. Right. Yes. Okay. And then I think Notre Dame, Georgia, and Clemson are in a tier. Well, I'm not going to do this by tiers. I'm going to I'm in a roundabout way. I'm going to ask you a question about OU here. So I'm just okay. throwing in like six teams: Georgia, Clemson, OU, Oregon, USC, Notre Dame, and I think we're good there. Like. I, I, the question would be now is what team from that group could emerge and potentially win a national championship? Like, is OU the dark horse of that group? Because you kind of know what you're going to get from Georgia this year. Um, and you kind of even know what maybe you're going to get for Notre Dame. Like, is OU the dark horse of that just because we truly don't know what they're going to, what you're going to get from them? Uh, yes. Yep. You know, I've been told that. Clemson is absolutely stacked this year um, and should have an unbelievable team. I think the I think the quote I heard was if Dabo doesn't win a national championship this year, he should be fired. Um, Seriously? Yeah. Wow. I think it was just kind of an a, interesting comment. I think it was just uh, said as a joke, but um, told that they are – absolutely loaded and are going to be really, really good. So I, I know they've kind of been forgotten about after a 10-3 and three season last year, but I think Clemson is about to come on really strong. Um, you know, if for only one season, next year may be uh, a good run for them. Uh, I, it's hard to really – like Georgia isn't really coming from, from out of nowhere. I think OU, OU Oregon – and is there anyone – I think Utah has a chance to make it to the playoff, but I can't give them I, a chance yeah, to win it. I, I can't see him winning a semifinal game. Right. Like, their style of play is one that is, you know, one that I think does win semifinal games. But I just think the overall talent and the overall depth at that point in the year, right. They, they don't have the quarterback play. They just don't – they don't have the dudes to, to win a semifinal game. How, if you can – If I knew how good Shapen at Baylor was going to be, I might say Baylor. Sure, they they've got some holes to fill defensively, but by late in the year, I, I'm going to guess that they figure out you know a lot of those things end up being pretty mm-hmm. good. I think Baylor's going to be really good. The problem with Baylor is they're kind of like they've got some Iowa State type issues, right? That got a really good team. Tums of of really good players, tough, physical, hard nosed, disciplined, but for whatever reason, there's a game that pops up and it's just like what what is happening here? Whether it's like a non conference game against some nobody or, you know, that's the thing that worries you about about Baylor. But yeah, the the one thing Baylor does has have a uh, going for him is you know remember Iowa State last year. They were picked seemingly by everyone inside the preseason top ten. Mm-hmm. And that's a red flag for me, man. 
if you're not used to dealing with success and now the expectations are to be a top 10 team, that to me is, I think, dealing with expectations is a real thing, man. And Iowa State did not deal with that well last year. Baylor is coming off a great year, and there's expectations, but I don't see a whole lot of people picking them in the top ten. No, that's a good there's still, point. There's still people think that that they're, and they're a French like top twenty team, right? Yeah, so I I don't think that there's that level of expectation with Baylor like there was Iowa State last year. Yep, I agree. Um, they do have the non-conference game at BYU, and there's there's some folks picking that game as. Um, potentially a, a a game they could go out there and lose. I'm not one of those people. I you know I respect BYU. I think they got a good solid program, but I mean I think Baylor will just physically. I pound think so them. too. And that's going to be quite the state. That won't be a top uh, fifteen non conference win, but it'll still be one that you say, oh wow, that's impressive. They're 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 really good again. Yeah. Yep. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on. Keep hitting the Air Comfort Solutions text line 651 3439. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers are bringing you hour number one of the rush on this Tuesday. Jay from Medill on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, Just left the Baker Mayfield camp and somebody wasn't found. My 11-year-old son didn't want the cold shoulder and wanted to meet Rocky Kalmas from Fort Collins. Oh, man. Hashtag dang it. That's an inside joke on the show there for those of you that don't get it. But uh, Teddy Lehman was not there. Uh, people asking if you took your son to the event earlier today. No, he's actually in baseball camp right now, uh, or this week, up at um, OCU, I think. Yeah. In it, Edmond? No. Um, OCC is probably what you're thinking of. Is that where, what it OCU is? OCU is on 23rd Street in oh, OKC. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're OCC, right. OCC is, is in Edmond. Yeah. Um, He's been there all week for baseball camp, and it's been a good camp. He's having fun there. They do a good job with it. Uh, so, no, he wasn't out there. Um, but I, do you think Kalmus, whenever he comes in town, gets all kinds of random people coming up to him saying – Yes, absolutely. And he's like, why do people continue to do this? I don't understand because everyone does it with like a smile on their face. And he's yeah. like, I, what? Why are people calling me layman? I, yeah. I don't understand. And seeing I'm from Fort Gibson. What, what, what do they mean by Poor that? Poor guy. Uh, no wonder he wouldn't come on the show when I yeah, reached out like, a few I'm months not, ago. I'm not partaking in this nonsense. Whatever's going on here, I'm out. Um, Good, though, that Baker Mayfield had his camp again. It's been a couple years, I think, since he's done that, right? Um, I guess the COVID stuff probably made it hard to put camps on. But uh, good that he's back. And uh, it's an interesting time for him right now. Seattle seems like the spot. I'm happy for him. I hope that I hope that ends up being the place he goes. Yeah, I, I think um, in anywhere but Cleveland at this point, right? And well, Seattle's got a, they got a good track record, sure. front office, putting together football teams. So yeah, I guess um, 
I, and I hope that he comes back every single year and does this camp. I think that that's really cool that he does that. And that only continues to grow his fan base around here with the kids, right? I mean, oh, it, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a great way to kind of stay in touch with everyone around here. And I, I, it's, just a, it's just a very good idea for him. I, I don't think he's doing that for, you know, reasons to profit or benefit. But I, I think he's doing it because he's a good dude and good, good on him for doing that. I think so. It's it's one of those things where I know those camps aren't cheap, but they're also not cheap to put on. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that there that you've got to pay for. You got to pay for people to coach it, and and it's not like he's pocketing some huge amount of money off of this. So yeah, it's it's just good that he's he's able to put it on. Texas is killing it right now in recruiting, man. Yeah, they what are if they all... had like six or seven commits now. Yeah, got a five star safety recently. Um, it's caused some panic. From some, I'm not going to say all or the majority of, but some OU fans out there, and Parker and I had to uh, calm them down today with some with some facts. I, look, th- there's a lot of things in college football that can scare you. Okay, um, you know, certain schools get it going again. If Miami gets it going again, yeah, that could be an issue. If Billy Napier is really good at Florida, that that could be an issue. There's certain things that could really have a negative impact on OU. Brian Kelly being really good at LSU, bringing some consistency there, that could be a problem. But Texas having a great recruiting class, I don't label that as a problem or an issue. Because as I brought up last hour, Teddy, uh, in the past 22 recruiting classes, Texas had the better class 14 times. And uh, in the past 21 games, OU has won 14 out of the past 21 against Texas. So, right. better recruiting classes have not, not mattered here. No, they have not. And honestly, that's probably – this might be the only rivalry in the country where recruiting rankings haven't really mattered all that much. Right. Maybe there's another one out there that I'm not realizing, but I don't think that you're going to see another rivalry where – you know, one team has out-recruited the other 14 out of the past 22 years, but has lost 17 out of the past 21 matchups. I don't really feel like that happens all that much. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, that – there's no way that that Because I'm thinking of, like, you know, rivalries where one side has owned the other. Ohio State has owned Michigan, but Ohio State's had the better recruiting classes – Alabama has owned Auburn, but Auburn's you know hasn't had the better recruiting classes. Um, Bama and LSU. I mean, Bama's getting a better recruiting class than LSU. Clemson and South Carolina. Clemson's recruiting better. I don't. I don't think one of these exists. Maybe Notre Dame, USC. Maybe that's. But that's just yeah. a maybe. That's the only one I can think of where USC probably routinely. Out recruits Notre Dame, and I don't even know what they're. I don't even know that Notre Dame has won like the head to head against them. I'm just thinking that that that's a possibility of one. But yeah, that's that's interesting, man. That I yeah, I don't know that that takes place anywhere else. And yeah, I <laughs> I did a Sirius XM segment this morning. Oh, with Howard Stern, cool. Yeah, uh, which by the way, he broke the news to me that. He plans to run for president if Donald Trump is is going to run. So there you go. Um, that was an interesting segment. No, I was on with Big Twelve, uh, and it was interesting because I kind of said the same thing. I said, "Listen, 
Oklahoma has been out recruited routinely by Texas. Texas is this is they're going to put together a really good recruiting class. You know, Arch Manning's going to be probably the best recruiting tool that they've ever had. This is going to turn out to be really good for them. But as far as what it does for their record and them on the field, I I in my opinion nothing has changed. No. Nothing has changed. They they got a good quarterback. I I believe that because of the name he is a bit overrated. But, you know, I've, I've made, you know, I said this, I've, I've made the mistake in the past of uh, buying in on the hype, buying in on the recruiting, buying in on the new system. But that's not the problem. The problem with Texas is the culture. And until I see that fixed, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm rolling with the status quo. I don't think anything's changed. And the reaction I got was one of bewilderment. Oh, oh, hmm, whoa, wow, oh, okay. Well, they're just under the impression that Arch is going to single-handedly save the Texas football program yeah. like that like that happens? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. A high school kid. Right, yeah. They hadn't even played his senior year of high school yet. The, I, I, I told this to Parker last hour. The best part of the Arch Manning commitments for Texas won't be Arch Manning. It'll be the other players that he brings in. I, I think that there's a chance right. that he is – yeah, a disappointment in Austin, but where you can really cash in on this deal is if the other players that are following there wind up being really good football players. But yeah, I, I, I just I don't understand it either if, you know, most people think he's overrated because of his last name, but he's gonna go in and single handedly save the program. I mean, Eli didn't save the program at Ole Miss. Um Peyton was good at Tennessee, but they won the national championship the year after him. It's not like the Mannings, Teddy, have a track record of turning over or just you know completely changing the fortunes of some college football programs out there. Yes, Ole Miss was really good in Eli Manning's last year, but that was a Cotton Bowl berth at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I'm. I'm not good. I, I think this is a good. This is good for them. All everything about this is really good for Texas. I'm not saying that it's not. All I'm saying is I, I'm not changing any of my opinion about the direction of the program there until I start to see it take place. And that includes this season. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that, you know, I, I don't know if they think Arch Manning's going to play this fall or what. Like, this has any influence on – What's going to happen for them in this coming season? If anything, I would say it's probably a negative. Especially if they get off to a tough start. Right. It's, well, we got Arch. Arch will be the court. By by uh, late October, it might just be a fact that Arch right. Manning's going to be the starting quarterback in 23. That's the thing. Any mistake that, that uh, Quinn Ewers makes, you know, that's going to be the immediate conversation. On on the talk shows, in in post game, and you know, in the articles on the message boards. Well, you know, Arch Manning's a little better on the run, or he's got a better deep ball, and you know, whenever he's here, we'll be able to complete that pass, and you know, all of those things. And Quinn Ewers is going to hear that, and it's going to affect the way that he plays. That's that's the way I see it going down. And I mean, it's it's only human. To be frustrated with the fact that everyone's talking about your replacement 
before you've even started a game. Text line, I think we can all agree that the talent level on every NFL team is very close to being equal overall. There is a reason the Lions have won one playoff game in 70 years. It all comes down to culture. Well, Teddy brought some culture when he got drafted by the Lions. Uh, No, I was shocked by the culture when I got drafted (laughs) by the Lions. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number one next. We are the Rush, live on the ref, the home of Sooner fans, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Talked a lot of OU baseball yesterday as we wrapped up the championship series, and not that we're not going to mention them this offseason or this summer, uh, but you got any lasting comments, lasting thoughts as we kind of try to try to move past what happened in Omaha this past weekend? Uh, just that I, I think that even though they didn't win the championship – I still think it is uh, something awesome that they can build on. And I hope that's the case. And, you know, I'm sure they've got a, a good game plan to get out there in recruiting and and make sure that that, that happens. And, you know, baseball is interesting whenever you get that type of exposure for that long uh, with big-time baseball fans and players, then I think that – that carries over. I think a lot of people maybe learned a little more about, you know, Skip Johnson's background and how influential he is on some big leaguers and their pitching careers and, and what he's done with some players. So I, th- I think that's going to help them in recruiting. We know it's going to help them as far as raising money. They've got the, the facilities lined up, $30 million bucks in, in baseball renovations going on. That's going to be awesome needed and um I just think it's a a pivotal moment I I think they and I think and hope they capitalize on it and just continue to move the needle and get Kate Horton back selfishly you hope you get Kate Horton back now I haven't looked at a lot of baseball mock drafts I do wonder if any of these mock drafts are going to have him listed or have him listed where Maybe he's currently slotted at just because it was such a meteoric rise right. in the past couple of weeks. I guess there's still what um, maybe three weeks or so. It's over the All Star break. What I say from the like the 16th, 17th, and 18th, something like that of July. So there's still time for those guys to make adjustments. But you know, if the the baseball draft is different than all the others. If they're kind of locked in on their guys, they may not. Sure. May not waver from those, but I, I don't know. All right, quick timeout. Hour number two of The Rush is coming up next. Stay with us.